Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 15, Episode 1, Being Strong or Being a Bitch. There you have it, right there. Maybe we should censor it for Robin. Being strong or being a babichka. There it is. That's the keeper right there. That's the winner. (laughs) So we are back. It's, I mean, I mean, we haven't been anywhere, but season 15, the show is back. This is a new season, new season, new us. Same old Browns, same Same old old storyline. But new season, new you. So thanks for joining us here for the recap. If you're a new listener, we are Corey and Carly, a married couple who do snarky recaps of sister wives, primarily. And other stuff. And other stuff. If you're so inclined to dig into our extra bonus content over on the Patreon. And remember, every dollar you pledge on Patreon makes us one dollar more successful than my sister wife's closet. (laughs) It's true. Want to hit us with the episode description? Yeah, this one's pretty short and sweet. We're right back at it. They always are. Janelle gathers Cody and the wives to discuss their tense family dynamic. Does TLC just grab the first sentence from Wikipedia? I'm starting to think that's what's happening. If they're just indexing off of that, you think? Yeah, because that is literally just the first sentence. Yeah, there you go. All right. Amazing coding in the new Discovery Plus app. It's something to see. (laughs) Very special. You ready for my episode description rewrite? I think so. All right. Buckle up, everybody. Janelle holds a family intervention at Olive Garden. Robin has a lemon-induced pink elephant hallucination. Christine lets her inside voice out. 
Cody regrets his advocacy of plural marriage. You can always tell when a place has been an olive garden. It just, some things never fit. It's like no one when it's an, it used to be a blockbuster. <laughs> you can just tell. You can't shake that off. It's very dark inside that restaurant. Very dark. The shades were drawn. I guess they were trying to control the lighting scenario. Maybe they had some lights set up for the camera crew, for the production. They were trying to control the lighting environment for the cameras. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that it's season 15. So get ready to live, laugh, and loathe with the Browns. Y'all, so much has happened since we last left the Browns. Except not really, because we're picking up literally where we left off. We probably could have had a glossing over in some regards. I was so disappointed when I realized where the timeline was. This is like, we're talking September 2019. It's also so far from covid Whereas I was hoping we would pick up, just go straight into it, TLC. We've lived it. We know what's happening. It's coming. They're like, we've got six months of footage before that. And we'll be damned if we're just going to leave that on the cutting room floor. (laughs) So in case you forgot, or maybe you didn't put yourself through this last season. So let's catch you up. Or you you blocked it out. (laughs) Maybe you put up that mental wall just to get through season 14. That definitely could have happened too. We ended the season with the birth of Maddie's baby, Evie. She had required some medical attention at the time of her birth. Very dramatic scene. Not all that interesting, unfortunately. We already knew the kid was fine, even when that episode aired. So seeing it again now really didn't spark any emotion from me, (laughs) as you might suspect. Cody spent half the season trying to sell the idea of living in one big house with one big door. The one big door, yeah. Too many hot dates. Too (laughs) many hot dates, not enough doors. It's too risque. (laughs) There was a lot of moving. Everyone moved constantly. We had trouble picking lots. We ended up picking fights. (laughs) And we left off with Robin praying for a rental instead of resorting to buying a mansion. But here we are. And that is where we pick up in season 15. And we get the lovely Investigate Discovery opening credits, which caught me off guard again this season, because now that we've been rewatching through the older seasons, it was the original Sister Wives credit sequence opening titles that I'm so accustomed to now after four seasons of that. So yeah, this one threw me for a loop again. Yeah, it's a little macabre. So it's been about a year, hard to believe, since they moved to Flagstaff. I guess you should say moved to Flagstaff the first time. The first of many <laughs> The times. first of the many moves. And they are all still scattered all around. They're at most 15 miles apart from each other in some cases. Christine owns her home. Janelle and Mary are renting. And Robin is close to closing on her $900,000 home that she doesn't want. She doesn't want it. But they're in the process of buying it. They're currently living in it and renting it on a day-to-day basis because that's the most financially effective way to live. (laughs) So it's the same old story. They're bad with money. Cody is exhausted from traveling from house to house. Their family's falling apart. Welcome to season 15. (laughs) (laughs) Cody's mostly exhausted because he has to go from house to house And pretend to be attentive and present at multiple houses on a daily basis. This is a lot to take on. (laughs) Coyote Pass is still as barren as the day that we swam in the Prairie Dog Plague Pond. 
nothing on it, except for a couple of U-Hauls. A couple of U-Hauls. Which have been parked there <laughs> for weeks, dare I say months at this point. It's hard to tell in the timeline. Can't say for sure. All summer, they've been out there just sweltering in the heat. <laughs> so it took about four minutes before we saw a U-Haul this season. And they are moving them off a of Coyote Pass and up the driveway of Robin's new home. Cody wants to unpack, but Robin's not really an optimist anymore after years in this family. She's a little worried that they might have to pack everything back up on the trucks if things don't work out with closing on the house. Yeah, Robin doesn't like to unload the trucks. This makes this very permanent and real for her. And I think that freaks her out. So let's just keep paying for the trucks to stay out on Coyote Pass. We're just opening our own self-storage, U-Haul, U-Pick'em lot type of scenario. They should just build a commercial storage unit out on Coyote Pass. Absolutely. That would definitely benefit the family now more than ever. So the whole reason that it is taking forever to be able to close on this house is because the underwriter is super confused about their finances. This poor soul who has to underwrite this mortgage. We've been trying to figure it out for 15 seasons. Cody tends to understate the complexities of their financial situation because the complication here, Cody's saying that he's so intertwined and interconnected financially with all these other wives. It really makes the process difficult for any financial institution to assess. I love how the solution that he's determined out of this is that he needs to just live like a monogamist and tell the other wives that for now on, if they want to mortgage a home, He can't be on it. You're on your own. Except for legal wife. It's so interesting that this is the time that Cody is getting fed up with this process where now this is going to be the last mortgage that he's going to be on with a wife. (laughs) Hmm, What a coincidence. And it happens to be with Robin. Honestly, that'll make the divorce hearings a lot simpler in the long run. So I'm I'm all for it. (laughs) What a dick bag. Also, maybe this is why they took his name off of Christine's home. Everybody's wondering what that was about a few months back. Oh, you mean like, in, not during this process of when they were trying to buy the house though, right? No, it was after. Yeah. Months and months and months after. So I don't know why you would do that after the fact. I mean, these people do nothing but borrow money. So I'm sure they were looking to get a loan from somewhere else. <laughs> borrow from Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> now, Robin claims she is still looking for rentals every day because she is just hoping that God has another plan. God's plan. <laughs> and then... Cody argues, you know, maybe we're just not working with God correctly. Yeah, I don't think we read the fine print on this arrangement with God. (laughs) Do you believe that she's really looking at rentals every day? No. I think I wrote in my notes, Cody and Robin lied to us about looking for rentals. I don't believe any of this. These bitches are so happy to be living in their giant ass house parked right across the street from Coyote Pass. They can still see the same mountain that they wanted to build near. They're going to live in this place suck all the family's money dry, and get rid of these other wives. That's what I think the plan is. God's plan. God's plan. A lot of bad things. A lot of bad things. (laughs) This is when Janelle points out, this is a tough situation because we all decided to move. We made this move. No time to be wussies about it. It's because the going gets tough. Time for the tough to get going. This is the first indication we get that Janelle is actually going to speak her mind this season. So that was nice. That was good. A little precursor, a little appetizer 
for the main dish. It's amazing that she hasn't even had to sit in quarantine yet, and she's already been thinking about the family's goals, and she thinks they need to be readjusted here. Why are we focusing so hard on trying to get on the property? I think the right goal is that we need to try to fix our fucked up family. Priorities. Got to straighten those out. So she's got a plan. She's going to confront them about it. Meanwhile, clowns to the left of him, jokers to the right. Here he is. Cody's stuck in the middle with you (laughs) because we can't go back. We're stuck in the rental. We can't move back to Vegas. We sold all those houses. Took way longer than we expected, but they're gone. So that's not an option anymore. He's not sure where his breaking point is to just pack up and go somewhere else, but he's getting close to it. You know that that's where this is ultimately leading, right? Yeah, this is all just building his case for when he finally has a breakdown and just runs off with Robin and disappears. (laughs) Apparently, they've given up on getting together as a family. They go months without seeing each other, which was, wow, that's quite a revelation there. Like, what kind of family are you that you don't see each other for months at a time? So what better way to spend the time? We're going to meet up at Pizza Al Forno, also known as Fat Olives. What else was that sign? Is it two establishments in one building? I don't know. I'm still going with that. It's Olive Garden. It's definitely the husk, the former shell (laughs) of an Olive Garden. You cannot tell me otherwise. When you're here, you're like family. But yeah, we must be getting close to Festivus because it's that time of year for airing of grievances. And that's what Janelle's planning to do here but not before they order some water and a dozen sliced fresh lemons apparently face down on a cutting board what was that i don't know (laughs) that was the strangest presentation of lemon to go alongside some water that i've ever seen and i know we're not there yet pizza looked terrible though i'm just gonna (laughs) say that sorry maybe that's all they could afford the lemon and the water were free it was like a salad it was basically just a bowl of lettuce with some tomatoes on it. <laughs> Nobody can remember the last time we've met up, though. That's the main takeaway here. Janelle's got something to say, and it's been on her mind, so her eye is twitching mm-hmm. to start like, this. Girl, I know that feeling. Ooh. <laughs> but she's going to follow through with it, and she starts off with a real softball question for everyone. See, what got me, too, is that Cody just rolled into this. He just was expecting that they were all just getting together to enjoy a meal together and it's like dude no the cameras wouldn't be here for that this is not season two anymore (laughs) i also love how it's becoming a trend that cody has no fucking idea what happens in janelle's house he doesn't know what happens in anybody's house (laughs) but but particularly like janelle has made plans she's communicated to everyone but cody (laughs) he's the last to know (laughs) so his next logical thought he's like well she probably wants to talk about the biggie housey then and family things? That's his, that's the best guess that we can get from him. But instead, the first question that she throws out there is, why did you enter into the principal? Every single person at the table is caught off guard. <laughs> Nobody was ready for that. <laughs> she basically started the conversation with, bitch, why are you here, though? <laughs> why, though? Nobody is prepared to give an answer. So Janelle has to start by answering her own question. Janelle always loved the family, the progression, overcoming adversity. Mary and Christine are basically just like, eh, I was raised in it. So that made sense to just do that, I guess. Robin just thought it was cool. Robin thought it was really cool. I thought big family, really cool, man. (laughs) 
And then she says that she loved how the family functioned when she first met them in the house in Lehigh. That was really cool. <laughs> and and Cody, they all hate each other. <laughs> it's so bad. They can't even deny it anymore. No, Cody's like, hmm, we did seem functional, didn't we? <laughs> and then Mary tells Robin, wow, we really pulled the wool over your eyes. <laughs> So this is where, yeah, Cody basically doesn't even want to be an advocate for plural marriage anymore. So he's checking out of the first question. He's already checking out of the entire conversation here. Okay. I thought this was a bunch of bullshit because he's saying the reason that he's not an advocate of plural marriage anymore is because he recognizes now somehow it took him like 30 years to get here, but he recognizes now that there is inherent unfairness in the relationship in that he has all the love he wants from all of these women, but they are just pining for him to give them just a little bit of his love. And Cody knows he hit bottom because he admits all of his faults to Logan. He had dinner with him recently. Man, he fucked up. <laughs> He's basically trying to talk them out of wanting to continue to be married to him. That's how I interpreted it. He's planting the seeds for sure. Yeah, because he's basically accusing his wives now too. Did you all marry me because this was a commandment in our religion? That this was the better way to live life as we had come to know it? Because this is a struggle. Uh, no doy. <laughs> yeah. So also he says that after Janelle makes a point at the beginning of the, the luncheon here, that the principle is designed or meant to teach you to get past those struggles. And he's like, man, this is hard. This is a struggle. It can't be right. It's so hard. I don't think that they believe in their religion at all anymore. I don't. Yeah, I feel like Cody struggles with it more. And then now he's also steering into, did you marry me because you love me or because our religion commanded it? And it's like, well, I mean, that's, I don't even think that that's a fair question to ask what people's intentions were. And then how can you alter that? And how can you build that narrative in your head to say that, oh, they never loved me. They just married me because they thought that they were supposed to due to religion. Like they could have married anybody then. I don't know. It seems pretty clear that he is trying to weasel his way out of these marriages. He's over this now. He wants to live a simple life with his one wife. We all know who she is. Some would call her the elephant in the room, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, like where Mary chimes in here because she's picking up on some negative energy <clears throat> in the way you that- think? In the way that Cody's talking about plural marriage here. And she should know. I think she I think she would be the expert on negative energy. <laughs> now it only gets worse because Cody tells the whole table, all of his wives, that if he had to do it again, he doesn't know if he would choose plural marriage. And this is where Robin even realizes his tone is off. This is not <laughs> helping. This is very discouraging. This is not an uplifting sort of speech that he's delivering here. It's kind of downtrodden. Now Janelle asks Robin if their family feels like how it did when she first met them, like she described in her original answer. She loved the way they functioned. Do you think it's different? What are you feeling? Well, since they've been to Flagstaff, yeah, it's been different, to say the least. They're not doing anything together. It took them months to plan this dinner outing. Then it gets sad because Janelle seems to disagree a bit like whenever something hard happens in their life they blame it on the most recent event and so Janelle's like yeah 
it's kind of sucked since we got here. But to be honest, I started feeling separate from everyone else and depressed and lonely when we were in the cul-de-sac still in Las Vegas. So I wouldn't say that the separateness started once we moved here. So now they're all starting to realize they don't need each other and they've started to grow apart slowly but surely and even more so now after the move to Flagstaff. And this is where Janelle accidentally brings up living in one big house together. But she tries to say this is not a conversation about that, though. She tries to backtrack here. Cody's like, damn, really? I've got the blueprints in the trunk. Because she's like, hold on, hold on, hold on now. Hear me out. Although she has always been an advocate and she thinks it would fix this. That's not what this conversation is about necessarily. But it probably could fix it if we're thinking about it. Just throwing it out there, mentioning it in passing. So mentioning the big house brings up the whole topic of living in Lehigh and the one house together. And they all get a little nostalgic about the way things used to be and how the family used to be bonded before they all moved into the four different homes. The same thing we've been talking about for season after season now. And this is where Robin's starting to get a little itch. She's getting a little annoyed with the conversation. But before she can chime in and say anything, Janelle starts to describe their family like they're in four separate tribes. So there's the Janelle tribe, the Mary tribe, the Christine tribe, the Robin tribe. And then there's Cody, who's the chief. Not really a part of any tribe, just kind of there. (laughs) Just kind of there. And he really should be the one who's putting the family first, the collective. They all should be thinking of that. But to be honest, none of them are. Even Janelle admits to the fact that she struggles to think of family first now. Here's where she tries to lob a softball over in Mary's direction. She's like, come on, Mary. You know what I'm talking about, girl. We had a whole long conversation about this. You remember that? (laughs) Remember talking about that? I know you got stuff to speak on this. Speak on it, sister. (laughs) You remember we talked about how there were different agendas that everybody had? And she says, no, I I can't recall that conversation. Mary has no idea what Janelle is talking about. At least that's how she's portraying it. (laughs) Maybe she's disoriented by the fact that she's eating lunch in a very dark room, but she is acting like her memory's been totally erased. And to be honest, it's probably because she's sitting close to Cody so he can hear every word that she says. And she's very careful with what she shares with everyone at this point. So she'd rather just not have an opinion. But Janelle's like, no, come on, Mary. You remember, don't leave me hanging. We had this whole conversation on the couch. You remember the conversation? It was a great conversation. We made a lot of progress. I remember talking to you about it. Mary still has no idea what she's talking about. So I don't know if we caught Mary after a few too many margs, a night out at the Fajita Cantina. I don't know. Hey, maybe that's how Janelle caught her. I feel like it was it was like a it was like that slumber party moment where it's like you had a nice long talk with somebody all night when it's like the next day and you're asking them about it and they're like, I don't remember any of that. I fell asleep. I fell asleep like four minutes in. <laughs> We had so poor Janelle here thinks she had this heart to heart bonding conversation where Mary probably just muted her phone, set it down, and then was sifting through LuLaRoe shirts or something. Wasn't even listening. She doesn't say anything at the table with the family, but in her confessional, she says that because they're all in four separate homes, basically they're able to just start escaping from one another. And it's very easy to do that. And then she says she doesn't even get a phone call from Cody unless it's business. And we don't even text each other as sister wives. That's a pretty big shift. Which when she said that, I was like, what? 
because remember when she did a LuLaRoe live and people were flipping out because Cody came over to the house while she was on it, but it was just to sign some documents. And then people were speculating that they were splitting assets or something. But no, that's just how they interact. No, it's just business. I just have a contract for you to sign if you have a few minutes. They have no relationship left. There's no relationship left. I thought it was very strange how then it shifts to Mary at the table with everybody saying that it's different, but you all know how I feel. How do we know how Mary feels? She didn't say anything at the table. You guys all know how I feel. Uh, You guys, you know, I don't have any family or friends here because we're <laughs> we moved away from everybody. Because when we moved from Utah to Las Vegas, we lost our family support system. And then now that we moved from Vegas to Flagstaff, I've lost all my friends' support system. So now I literally have nobody here and we don't talk to each other as a family anymore. No wonder she goes to the inn all the time. I would too. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The time has finally come for Robin to chime into this conversation. She's got something to say. She's been stewing over it. And she is ready to address the pink elephant that's in the room. The pink elephant. Can we address the elephant in the room? That pink elephant is not the correct term. (laughs) I think that's an elephant in the room. (laughs) I'm sorry that you feel like you're the pink elephant in the room. I love the passive aggressiveness from Christine when she said that. Because <laughs> this is basically where Robin assumes they're blaming all of this on Robin joining the family and pinning that as the entire start of the downfall of this family. And that's not the, what the wives are saying in this conversation. That's what we're as a podcast saying <laughs> on a regular basis. But that's not what the wives are saying at this dinner. So now all the attention Needs to be shifted back to Robin. Janelle gets up out of her seat. She has to rush over and she's like, no, 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 no. Like the minute that she realizes the path that Robin has gone down, she has started to sob. Sob and Robin is back. We didn't get through a full episode without some tears. And Mary and Christine stay seated. (laughs) Yeah, they know that there's no stopping this mess now because Robin's already getting going so just don't even fight it she's going to be crying over here that's just how the rest of the conversation is going to go but then now production takes us on quite a journey the editing team digs way way back we're flashing all the way back to St. George in 2010 so this is about as sepia tone as this flashback can get 
And I'm going to go ahead and approach this set of flashbacks like Robin would as part of this conversation. This was actually just a collection of some of our best highlights as a podcast recapping moments during the off-season as part of our rewatch. Oh my gosh. We'll just take this as a nod from the editing team, and we appreciate it because it's clearly all about us. Just, you know, approaching it with the same mentality that Robin is. This has to be about me. And now we cut to Robin's confessional, and she claims that it kills her, that she doesn't know if the family fell apart after she joined it because of her or just because of everything else that happened at the same time. Didn't help. Which is what everyone's trying to tell her, that... Yeah, you joined the family, but we also went public. There was a police investigation. We had to flee to Vegas. We moved into four separate homes. We were dealing with a lot of shit at that time. (laughs) A lot of change happened at the same time that you happened to come into the family. While Robin did bring an element of chaos into the family, obviously, but I mean, this was like a force of nature. This was just going to happen one way or the other, with or without her. Now, we're still on the topic of feeling lonely, and Christine says that she felt like a single mom for the first time in the whole time in her marriage when they moved to Vegas. This offends Robin. Why did this offend? I don't know. Robin has to jump in here where she couldn't tell the difference. She thought that that's what plural marriage was. Robin was a single mother. (laughs) So if it wasn't different from that, I don't know how else to explain this to you. That would probably, on some level, be different than the situation that you were in, I would assume. Well, the reason, the root of why she takes offense to this is because if she doesn't know the difference between what it was like living in the one house in Lehigh and what it was like living in the four houses in Vegas, that means that it was like she wasn't part of the family from the beginning. (laughs) So she slowly starts to realize it's sinking in, sitting here at Pizza Al Forno, that she was not, in fact, Cody's first wife (laughs) and did not live in the Lehigh house when polygamy was good for the Browns. She has no frame of reference, and now she feels excluded. (laughs) You can Photoshop yourself into as many pictures as you want. It doesn't mean you're going to create memories of a time period that you did not exist in. Pixar, it didn't happen. things have changed so much that christine says when cody comes over it's fucking stressful (laughs) what's great is cody is now the disruption to her norm her norm is not having cody around especially since this bothered me there's no schedule or expectation of when cody will be coming over he just shows up it's quite interesting that when they lived in one house they had a schedule But once they move to Vegas and Robin joins the family, no schedule anymore. Schedule went right out the window. At a time when it seems like a schedule would be more important, they scrapped it. So now, I think the most damning thing is that Christine says they only see him two to three nights per week. Some of that math doesn't add up with the number of wives he has. (laughs) Well, uh, clearly he's avoiding. We know that. And then she says he only comes over in the evenings. And you have to cram everything that you're trying to do and accomplish into a few hours in the evening when he's going to be there at his convenience. I don't understand this. Like you have children who have cell phones, who are nearly adults, who live in Christine's home. You don't even tell one of them that you're coming over. You just show up. Like even if you didn't want to communicate directly with Christine, nobody knows that you're coming. It's like he musters up the strength to force himself to go over there. And that's when he shows up. That's it. 
and he doesn't want to have any backlash or reason to not go. He's just going to show up, punch the clock, and do his time. (laughs) That's exactly what he does. So this is where Cody tries to counter this claim that Christine is making, where Christine's calling him out on his BS. She's like, oh, so you think that you're settling now? Like when you come over to visit, you think... You're present. You're you're settled. Active, engaged, settled. And that's because that's what's keeping you from being a good father and a successful plural husband. And he lies to her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm settled. Yeah. But he needs to get used to talking about settling with Christine. Again, it's going to save you on lawyers in the long run here during the divorce. (laughs) Now, Christine doesn't agree at all with that entire depiction of the situation because she calls Cody out about the fact that when he comes over, he spends the whole time staring at his phone. He doesn't engage at all in what's going on around him. To be fair, he's probably texting Robin. He's <laughs> just checking in. Maybe we've got a three wives, one husband situation going on over here. Maybe Robin's picking fights with him when he's over at Christine's. It's not an to addiction. Him. Yeah, it's not an addiction to the phone. It's an escape from the angst of his relationship with Christine. I can't well, that believe... That sounds like an excuse then. Yeah, it's like, that's what that sounds like. It sounds like you're you're not taking responsibility for your behavior in this failing marriage. I can't believe how bad their relationship appears to be. Because essentially, Christine is the new Mary. Cody has successfully pushed Mary out of the circle, and now he's trying to push Christine out next. And Janelle, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, there's going to be nobody left to fight for you. Cody speaks up again, and of course, he's got nothing but positive things to say. So he says, I think that we're looking at the past through rose-colored glasses, essentially. And Janelle says, well, it's always been hard, but I liked the outcome of what getting through the hard stuff got us. And then she reminds Christine of how they used to fight over the kitchen when they lived together. But the difference was when you lived together, every day you had to wake up and face that same problem So you were forced to have to work through it. Instead, they all live in their own houses now, so they don't have to deal with the problems. They just go back to their own house. They get back to the things that they want to do that they distract themselves with. They let it go for an eternity. And then things start to fester and they make up stories about one another. And it's all because they didn't have to work it out. So this leads right into Christine's confession here to the group where Christine builds narratives in her head constantly. This is something that she does all the time. She thinks that everyone in the family hates her. She doesn't want to participate in family events because it's just a hostile environment. And Mary's sitting at the other end of the table like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shaking her head. You think? <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been trying to explain to everyone for years now when everyone would ask why I avoided coming to things. Now, this is Christine talking about how she always feels like she's on the outside looking in constantly. Robin can't believe this. This She was clueless to this. Mary's like, no, yeah, it's a lot of that. <laughs> now, really, the other wives look horrified. Janelle was shocked, too, because she was like, I think it's a shame that she feels like that. And clearly she had no idea, which was kind of sad because last season we saw Janelle and Christine actually bonding. Like, I think they were clicking more last season. Yeah, it was actually enjoyable to watch them have a relationship together. That was like outside of whatever was going on in the family. They were meeting up and going on walks and like spending time and trying to encourage 
Mary and Robin to join them too and get involved in that and actually form more of a sister-wife relationship amongst each other. Now, I found it quite coincidental that the two wives who are having issues with Cody are the ones who feel like they're outsiders and they're not wanted by anyone in the family. But it's also they're selling the most LuLaRoe. <laughs> they, they run the most. They're making bank. Yeah. They're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, the, These are the most self-sufficient people in the group. I mean, I guess Janelle is too, but Janelle's still pushing and hoping by some miracle they'll be able to do and pull this off. Like, yeah, we can come together as a family again. It's like, I don't know. I don't know you guys. I don't know. It seems like they've got a couple of problems here. So one, Cody seems to be the problem, which I think we've all come to that conclusion numerous times. Confirmed. But if you have two wives who are on the outs with you and they both are expressing that they feel the same exact way, you're making them feel that way. They don't communicate with their other sister wives. You're the common denominator. So why is it they think everybody hates them other than you're making them feel that way? Or they equate the way you feel towards them with the way everybody feels. So this is where Cody shifts the blame off of himself and tries to point it all back to his wives like he normally does. Because he jumps in here, are we going to do this because we all want to? Or is it just our religious programming again? All of this stuff. No, it comes down to the question of, do you, my wives, do you want to have a relationship with your sister wives? That's the question you should be asking yourself. Again, he's pinning it on everybody else. Correct. Don't look at me. I'm not the problem. It's you guys. I'm just the head of the family by my own claim. This is not my problem, though. Cody's sick of hearing his wives complain. Like, he already states that multiple times this episode. So Christine speaks up first, and she apologizes to the group and says, you know, I'm sorry, but I still get super jealous. And then in my mind, I flashed back to some of the recaps that we've been doing in the offseason. And I recall Christine having a conversation with Robin in which she told Robin she had never been jealous before in their marriage because she always had such an easy relationship with Cody. And the first time that she ever felt that jealousy was when Robin entered the family. So is she saying that she's still super jealous of Robin? I think it'd be hard to dispute that. But then this is where it gets really sad because then Christine just starts to beat herself up too. Because then she goes, well, I don't know. Maybe I just don't like me either. I thought I'd be stronger on my own and I'm not. It's just hard to find that balance of being strong and not being a bitch. The real down, real downturn there. Yeah. And I didn't really like that whole idea of strength being seen as bitchiness. Let's like leave that in the past. I could see that Cody would be personally intimidated by that, though. Well, clearly the issue here is that every one of his other wives has become more independent. Yes. And the only one who hasn't is Robin because she leans on him and requires him to do things for her while she acts like a damsel in distress. That's it. And he likes that. Oh, he's way into that. Yeah. And this is where Robin has a few Freudian slips here. <laughs> trying to hold back some tears and expressing herself to Christine. It's not that I just don't hate you. It's that, oh, wait, well, it's not that I, I just don't hate, I don't just hate you. I, uh, wait. So she has to stop, process, think about it. I think what she was trying to say, this is me. Okay. After what we've done about four or five seasons so far of recaps on the show here, I'm going to try to 
interpret what Robin is attempting to say and put that into English here for us. I think she's trying to say, not only do I not hate you, Christine, I also love you too. I think that's what she was trying to say. That is not at all what she said. This whole thing just like rubbed me the wrong way because I felt like Robin was taking the opportunity to once again, in front of Cody, demonstrate that she is not a problem wife. Here I am extending my olive branch to Christine and making it clear to her that if you feel that way, you shouldn't feel that way when it comes to me. Please don't ever feel that way when it comes to me. It was so close to being a positive sentiment, but the, the just the little twist at the end there, because then Christine has to lie and say that she loves Robin too. And it's <laughs> like, don't put her in that situation. And now that Robin's gotten that off her chest, she's got something else to announce. And she starts by saying, if Cody is struggling with a wife, that doesn't mean that I'm struggling with her too. And Cody attempts to cut her off. He doesn't want her to speak anymore. He's like, oh, oh, if they had a safe word, he would have yelled it out. (laughs) Now, I'm assuming this is because they have talked about this topic in depth together, and he doesn't know what's going to slide out of her mouth. You got to be careful. Tread lightly here. Like, it seems to me that she complains to Cody that she doesn't have a relationship with her sister wives, and she feels like she's the victim. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, for sure. This is when Robin wishes and hopes that she could just have relationships with her sister wives that are separate from whatever's going on with them and Cody. You can't do that, though. You can't have a complete relationship in a vacuum with your sister wives when you're all sharing the same husband. How does that work? I don't know, especially when it seems like you get better treatment than some of the rest of us. Why would they like you? That's going to make it very difficult. You just moved into Versailles. <laughs> At full, yeah, all expenses paid. So Cody's going to sum up the meal for us here. Polygamy isn't something that we're enjoying right now. <laughs> but theoretically, I like how he poses this as like a, as this imaginary scenario here. Just take, for example, say if Cody has a good relationship with one of his wives, say, I don't know, maybe, maybe Robin, maybe Robin, just as an example, you know, just picking one out of a hat and maybe hypothetically he has a, maybe a bad relationship with another wife, maybe, I don't know, Christine. Is it plural marriage's fault somehow? (laughs) He'd like to think so. Is it, it, can I blame it on plural marriage and it not be my fault? Because that would be super convenient because I don't really want to live plural marriage anymore. I would really prefer if it would not be my fault and it could be plural marriage's fault entirely. (laughs) I'd like to go with that response. So they leave lunch having worked nothing out, really. (laughs) It was kind of just a session for everyone to get things off their chest. Except for Mary, who didn't contribute to the conversation basically at all. Nope. We all know how she feels, apparently. We can all read her mind. So the good news keeps on coming, and it's another day where Cody's at Robin's house, because of course he is, and he just happens to get a phone call while he's with her. They've just been sitting here, waiting for the house to close. (laughs) Just sitting here. And they run out onto the deck of, of their giant mansion, and they get the celebratory news that they officially own this house 
and have sucked $900,000 out of the family coffers. Cody is relieved he no longer has to pay a day rate to live in this house anymore. (laughs) Somehow, though, Robin is not pleased because their family culture is still struggling and buying this home delays them from getting out to Coyote Pass. God's plan. Cody's not happy that Robin is sticking with her narrative, so he's got to go inside because someone else needs to be excited to hear this news and celebrate with him. Let's just find some joy here. (laughs) So they head back in and he sits down on the couch and he acts like maybe it was bad news. I think he just always acts like that. (laughs) Why would you do that? No wonder these kids have anxiety problems. He He pretends he's at Christine's house for a moment. And comes stomping over to the couch and just <laughs> flops just down. Somberly says, so that was our lender. <sighs> Looks at his phone for three hours. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, the kids are excited when they hear the news. Because why wouldn't you be when you were living in a 4,000 square foot home on four acres of land overlooking a mountain? Move that U-Haul. Now we've got to pretend that we're family again. So we are going to have Maddie and Caleb visit and they are bringing Evie to meet the family for the first time. Yeah, but Mary can't be there because she's out of town on business. (laughs) Unfortunately, I already had some business plans, so I couldn't meet the baby and I was super bummed about it. Oh, that's too bad. Robin is sympathetic as ever. Oh, no one. (laughs) No one believes Mary's excuses anymore. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. When Robin's being sarcastic with your business excuses now, it's pretty obvious. I think the best part of this entire segment, in my opinion, because honestly, overall, pretty boring because we already know what's going on with the baby in real life. But Everyone's preparing to come to Christine's house. She's getting things ready. And at first, it seems like she is there alone, preparing some food, setting things out. (laughs) She's talking to the camera. She's filling them in on what's going on for the day. But then thank you, cameraman and producers for trolling Cody because they pan over. And sure enough, he is sitting in the corner in a chair, staring at his phone. At the opposite end of the house (laughs) as far away as he could physically be apparently he's been here the whole time (laughs) i guess yeah he's on his phone the whole time it was great in the corner uh, the opposite end of the living room as far away from the kitchen as he could be i'm just here so i don't get fined that's basically what's going on so we're not a united family Clearly. So let's get Maddie and Caleb to bring their kids over so we can pretend like a family, at least for a little bit. So everyone talks about how adorable Evie is. And we learn again about fat co-syndrome. We know, we know. Which, okay, we know, we know. We had our uh, we had our lesson last season. She's got limb differences. She's got yeah. all kinds of stuff. We get it. They tell us about how she'll eventually possibly need surgery around her first birthday, which she's already had. So thank you again, TLC, for airing this so late. That the entire storyline was already spoiled with social media. Already confirmed. Everything's going great. So no need to worry about baby Evie. She is doing just fine. So let's get to the real part of this conversation here that needs to be had. Because Robin is hogging this kid like it's Cody. And (laughs) she introduces herself as Bubby. That's right. This is a, a term for grandmother that she dubs as a Czechoslovakian name but that's not accurate 
I went back and checked the subtitles and she 100% is saying Bubby. She says Bubby. Which is Yiddish. And I feel like I am the authority on this because I did own Bubby's Boarding House on VHS. There you go. (laughs) And even looking up the Czechoslovakian term for grandma, it's not Bubby. No, it's Babichka. It's Babichka. Which I like so much better. It's way better (laughs) and more fitting, I think. Because you have to walk that line between being strong or being a Babichka. So that's what Robin has named herself. Janelle's going with good old grandma. Christine has been asked to be Oma, which is German for grandma. And surprisingly, Mary hasn't chosen anything. You know, Mary doesn't feel very attached to this kid. I don't think I assume I would have to say I don't really have a personal preference. I don't I'm not one for giving myself any titles that I haven't earned. And we end the episode with an uplifting note of Cody yelling about how the wives need to fix their relationships and stop putting it on him. So if you need to fix something, ladies, fix it. Next episode, the Browns visit their polygamous friends to discuss the sudden and exciting possibility that polygamy will be decriminalized in Utah. Why is that exciting? We just spent the whole episode shitting on polygamy. <laughs> why do okay. we, Why would we be? Why is this good news? I guess there's a sudden change of heart. The car trip, the car trip there is a mess. Shocker. <laughs> that seems to be a Brown family tradition. Maybe we should take a poll on how many flat tires there will be. Yeah. What's the over under on that? Got to be five. <laughs> but once there, the excitement is palpable. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I love watching footage that's a year and a half old. <laughs> <laughs> a simpler time before masks. Before quarantine, I can almost remember. I think Robin was there. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcast. You can listen to new episodes every Sunday and tweet us at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.